श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए श्रीमद भगवत गीता की जाए गौर भक्तवृंद की जाए गौर प्रेम so we are continuing our discussion, chapter 12, Bhagavad Gita. We come tonight to verse 12. Sreho hi jnanam abhyasad jnanat dhyanam vishishate dhyanat karma palatyagas chanti anantaram. So this is um, a concluding verse. It uh, concludes the uh, previous section uh, was a section of of four verses describing the internal and external aspects of bhakti yoga as well as a form of Karma Yoga, in which Bhakti Yoga is significantly factored in and which thereby leads to external Bhakti, which leads to internal Bhakti. And all of this is summarized here, for the most part, in this verse, let's say concluding this section, uh, a section that follows... Krishna's glorification of bhakti. Hmm? The chapter is called Susadya Bhakti Yoga. The easy path of uh, of bhakti yoga. Hmm? Um, so, from the very title, we know the answer to Arjun's question that this chapter begins with, which is better? Hmm? Which type of yoga? Who is Yoga Vittamaha? Hmm? Um, and of course, Krishna says uh, that uh, Yoga Vittama is. What does he say at the end of the sixth chapter? Madgitanantaratman, Shadavan, Bhajate, Yomam, Same, Yuktatamo. Yuktatamo is Yoga Vittamaha. Yuktatamo means to be completely, comprehensively united um, with Krishna, with the Absolute. Uh, in this case, Krishna, personally. And Yogavittama is the, the term used by Arjuna here at the beginning of this chapter. What's Who's better in yoga? Uh, Yogavit Uttama. Who knows yoga better? Hmm? Um, those who love you and worship you personally like I do, which has, was the subject of the previous chapter. Chapter 11 is all about the, really the personal form of Krishna, <laughs> all in the context of the universal form. It's all about the, uh, the, the uh, how specifics, specificity is required for loving. It's hard to love something that's everywhere, that includes everything, and so forth. Arjuna is a little disturbed by that, but his personal form, his four-arm form and two-arm form, is the beauty of this, the super-excellence of this, is brought out in the previous chapter. Krishna likes it, and 
So he wants, Arjuna likes it, I should say. He, he wants to know, get further confirmation. Although he's had it earlier, he wants further confirmation. There are others, these are really people who overtly are considered to be spiritual. They're jnanis. The jnanis, they don't have any interaction with things because they're intelligent, they're knowledgeable, and they know that things are here today and gone tomorrow. So interaction with them uh, and the attachment that accrues is a recipe for suffering. Hmm? Krishna says himself in the Gita that what um, the womb from which dukkha yonaya eva today, the womb from which suffering is born hmm, is material attachment. So these are very intelligent people, these jnanis. They've thought this out and they've given up attachment so they have... They, that's why we get up and do things. We're attached to, um, to that we have something to accomplish, we think. Hmm. We can't just sit. There's a saying that came out in recent years. The old saying when I was a kid used to be, don't just sit there, do something. So someone coined a phrase and named a book, don't just do something, sit there. But that's not so easy. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the mind has to be peaceful. For the mind to be peaceful, the heart has to be clean. Clean means it, it, has, it, has, it has no attachment hmm, to things, again, that are here today and gone tomorrow. That is ignorance. So, so these people, these jnanis, they know the scripture, they're meditating overtly, they're very spiritual. Meanwhile, Arjuna is overtly uh, not um, as such. He's a, apparently a worldly man. Therefore, the said, Vaishnavera Kriyamudu Vignana Bhujai. It's difficult to understand the Vaishnav. Hmm? Uh, he or she can be involved with worldly things, very much so, indeed. <laughs> Their, our God, Krishna, appears very much involved in worldly things, about as involved as you could get with love triangles and intrigues and, and so forth. Um, uh, but he, while appearing to be fully in the world, is not of the world. He's fully transcendent and imminent, imminent in a, in a way that does, is not at the cost of his transcendence. So, Vaishnavism, similar. It, it, um, it can very much involve interaction with, with the world. It's a, it, 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 it involves a step back from the world to see it for what it is and then entering into it. This is the, the measure of the renunciation that we find in bhakti. Enough renunciation, enough, enough objectivity. If I've, I've often said if you're too close to a thing, well, you can't understand it. You're attached to it. Your mother called her blind son Padmalochan. She was blind. Hmm? Padmalochan means lotus eyes. Hmm? Due to her attachment, her love, and so forth. Hmm? So, there's enough detachment in bhakti hmm? to step back from the world and see it for what it is and then enter into it. Vishwanath Chakravitakva said, Vishvam Purnam Sukhayate. The world is a place of happiness. We often speak of it as a place of sorrow, misery. Uh, but from the right 
vantage point, there's no necessity to leave it whatsoever. Uh, there's only opportunities for service. So, so the Vaishnav, in this way, often may not look like a, like a mystic, might look like a worldly person, printing books, um, driving the cars like Bhakti Siddhanta was doing and so forth. Uh, the Goswamis were involved in building temples, managing real estate in Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. You can see, you look back in the history, there are deeds and signs, signatures of Jiva Goswami signing on the property and and uh, also deeding it to others, deeding deities to others and so forth. So they were busy people, hmm? these Goswamis. They were quite active. We said they're living under a different tree every day. That you know, That's kind of, yeah... But they were building big temples, also designing them. That uh, Radha Govinda temple is quite a masterpiece, and it is a blend of Mughal and Hindu architecture that um, that uh, created by Rupa Goswami, designed, conceived by Rupa Goswami, um, overseen by Rupa Goswami, with a view to try to bring about religious harmony. And um, indeed, the work of the Goswamis, as we know, did attract the Mughal leaders and uh, caused them to also engage people in, in, in depicting the Leelas in art. A lot of the art books from that period are, of Krishna Leela are drawn by, by Muslims. Hmm? So uh, they, were, um, they were attracting the patronage of, of all kings in those days. If your queen did not have a, a temple in Vrindavan, you were a king that were, wasn't uh, worth talking to. It's not how much money you have, it's how you spend it that determines your wealth. So the kings would spend their money in Vrindavan. They would build ghats and um, monuments and, and temples and so forth, inspired by the vision of Rup Sanatan, uh, who had been commissioned by Chaitanya Dev to excavate the place of Krishna's Leela, the Leela Stales of Vrindavan. So they were very busy, like our Prabhupada was very busy with so many things, like Arjun was very busy. Um, not like the Gani, only sitting. And so, because the general people think um, the the jnani, the yogi, has a more overtly spiritual kind of, um, how you say, um, profile or appearance. Bhakti is much more subtle and difficult to uh, understand. Gyan, yoga, these are easy things to understand. Bhakti, this is very, it's called susadya, easy, but it's actually quite difficult to understand what it is. To do it is easy. But only to the extent that you can understand it can you actually do it. Hmm? Understand it theoretically, can you actually do it effectively? And uh, that's not, not so easy. If I say to you, for example, that the world of names and forms are here today and gone tomorrow, underlying this is consciousness, you, unit of experience, as opposed to matter, that which is experienced. You can start to go with that. And you are consciousness, not matter. I mean, this is basic 
idea, yoga and gyan, this is not hard to come to. But if I start to say to you now, there are forms and names and places and so forth that are worthy of attaching yourself to, that are constitutive consciousness, and you just told me names and forms are here today and gone tomorrow. I can see that. Now you want to tell me about forms that are uh, enduring and uh, uh, and so forth. To understand Leela, very difficult. So, um, therefore, it's difficult to understand a, a Vaishnavism. And Vaishnavism attaches um, no, no fruit. Bhakti attaches no fruit to its practice other than more bhakti, and bhakti means service. So what do you get for bhakti? You get the opportunity to do more more bhakti. In karma marg, you get the fruits of your action. In gyan marg, you get freedom from the fruits of your action, which is bondage. Hmm. So there's something to attain other than the practice itself. Hmm. The attainment is thought to be spiritual. The practice um, arguably is not, because it has to be left behind. It doesn't endure. But in bhakti, of course... We do bhakti for bhakti. Sadhana bhakti f- is is practiced for bhav bhakti, and bhav bhakti is cultivated with a view to attain prem bhakti. Hmm. So bhakti bhaktiya samjataya bhaktiya. Bhakti gives bhakti hmm, only. And as I say, there, the, uh, our material life runs on these two tracks of bhog and tyag, which means to enjoy and to renounce. And these two tendencies are also built into systematic paths, if you will, for attainment. The karma marg, the dharma marg, path for, for acquisition, pravati marg, and the um, tyag, or renunciation, finding jnana and yoga. Uh, um, sophisticated paths for, for um, kind of honing two tendencies, two tracks that our material life runs on. Therefore, in and of themselves, and as comes out in this chapter, as well as the next six chapters, in and of themselves cannot lead us to transcendence. Only if some bhakti is factored into them can they be fruitful in achieving something which is spiritual, because only something that's spiritual can can give something, give something that's spiritual. Hmm. Uh, so, um, of course, and then in bhakti, we have action and we have knowledge. So, hmm. Pujapachitamras used to describe jnana and karma like two tributaries coming from the mountain, from the glacier, that on their own cannot make it to the Bay of Bengal. Hmm. But if they should connect with the Ganga, then they will get the fruit of their, their life if, as if it, the, li- the, the, the river is living to to reach the ocean, something like that. So the Ganga, Ganges, this is like, in the analogy, is bhakti and jnana and karma, like two tributaries. Hmm. Uh, so, so anyway, Arjuna is encouraged here by Krishna's uh, response, which is emphatic, um, clear. The chapter is called Bhakti Yoga. It's the end of the middle six chapters about Bhakti Yoga. Hmm. It's all about Tat, and the first six chapters are all about Tvam, Tat Tvamasi, you, Tvam, 
Atma, the first six chapters, and Tat, that, or him, you are his. The middle six chapters, you have the two things here, so you have bhakti. Anyway, here in the final chapter, so Arjuna is alive and encouraged by this, obviously. The answers are very clear by Krishna. What is the question? What is better, as they say, bhakti to you, the implication is which what I do, or um, uh, worship of impersonal Brahman. Hmm? He's speaking of jnanis. So the contrast between the bhakti mark and jnan mark. And this has been going on in these middle six chapters, back and forth. Hmm? Bhakti is showcased by mixture with bhakti and karma, mixture of bhakti and yoga, yoga misra bhakti, jnan uh, misra bhakti, and shuddha bhakti, ananya bhakti, uttam bhakti. Hmm? Really, if you study Gita carefully, just study any book, um, you have to study the beginning, what is the introduction, and you have to study the conclusion, and there will be some correspondence between the beginning and the end. And then you have to see what is repeated throughout. What is the theme? Hmm? What's, what's repeated throughout? Hmm? Well, in the Gita, of course, we have couple beginnings and ends, but what does he say in the beginning in the second chapter? He says, uh, don't worry. Hmm? How does that go? Hmm. He says, um, he begins his dissertation to, to Arjun. He says, uh, anyway, he says, what does he say? Let's look it up. It's in here somewhere. <laughs> he says, uh, uh, got to practice these verses to remember them. He says, So chanan vaso chastom pragnavanam sabhasate katasum agatasum cha nanu so chanti pandita nanu so chanti. He says, nanu so chanti. Uh, don't worry. Hmm? He said, be happy, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> he says, uh, don't worry. And in the end, he says, same thing. What does he say there? He says, Don't worry, don't worry. Of course, he explains in the beginning, don't worry, because... You'll never die. You're a soul. Hmm? You're speaking, learning words, but you don't know that you're you're different than the body. So, don't worry. Hmm? Yeah. And in the end, he says, "Don't worry, because not only you're not the body, but you know, I'm with you. If you take shelter of me, come to me. You have no worries." Hmm? That's the passport. First, first he, first he gives the passport, and in the end he gives a visa. Hmm? Passport is I'm not this body. The visa is, that is bhakti. Hmm? You can have a passport, but uh, that doesn't mean you can go anywhere. Huh? You have to, in the words, bhakti comes from that side. Hmm? Hmm. Uh, from up to down. Hmm? And that comes out in this chapter. The effort in bhakti is to get grace. The effort in gyan is effort. Hmm? It's an ascending method, and it's torturous, as he describes here. Torturous. Um, 
I've described it a little bit uh, in our discussions. I mean, really, it is literally torturous. If you think, okay, I'm not the body, therefore, matraspasya stakonta yasi toshna sukadugata agama paino nijastam sitikshasva bharata. I'm not the body, therefore, heat and cold, happiness and distress, these are all just illusions coming from the senses, perceptions based on mind and senses. They're not a, a real picture of the nature of being. There's no hot, no cold, no happiness, no distress. And so I put myself in, in a hot day, in a hot situation. I put myself on a cold day in a cold situation. I go into the Ganges up to my neck. And at noon in June, uh, in, 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 in the Rajasthani desert, I light a fire. These are torture. This is part of the, uh, this, uh, this path, in, in a sense, the Tyagis, the Gyanis. So it's very torturous for the embodied, he said. Very, very, and bhakti, that's very easy. Very easy, and it's, it's so easy that he says it's, it's not really a method of deliverance. I deliver them. It's not a method that you have for deliverance. I do the deliverance. So, it's not self, it's not, this is not promoting self-reliance here. This is promoting what is the mood for that? Dependence. A sense of dependence. So, uh, he's, anyway, he's glorified the path of bhakti. He told Arjuna bhakti is better in so many ways. He compared it with jnana. Hmm? And, um, and he described the jnanis, their nature. He described their path. And he described their goal as much as you can describe it. It's not this and it's not that. It's not this and it's not that. It has no qualities. Hmm? Neti, neti. What can you say about it? As much as you could say about yourself, you're not this, you're not that, you're consciousness, it's not, it's not matter. It's, there's nothing to compare it to in this world, because it's not like anything in this world. So what can you say about it? That doesn't make it unimportant or insignificant, it means it's supernatural. There's nothing in the natural world to compare to it. So it's important, you're of that nature, but when this atma is graced by bhakti, then there's much to be said about it. And then he enters into relationship with Bhagwan, And so, rather than the idea that the absolute, in terms of Brahman, is ineffable, therefore we, we can only say what it's not, in bhakti we say, no, it's ineffable in that you cannot say enough about Bhagavan. Hmm? What do the sutras say? Hmm. It's not a good day for remembering the verses. <laughs> Vedanta Sutra says uh, something like that in the beginning. Ikshaterna ashabdat. Ikshaterna ashabdat. Baladev says, that which one cannot say enough about. Shankar says, oh, because the Shastra says we cannot say anything. But this is a suicidal kind of interpretation. Hmm? No, Shastra says much about it. 
if we look at it from the bhakti perspective, but never enough. Not that the words can comprehensively, completely capture, or the mind can capture Bhagwan. No. Much more hard to cap, much more difficult to capture than Brahman. Brahman is everywhere. Krishna is Brahman, moving. If you're everywhere, as I say, you can't move. So, but if you're everywhere and moving, that's very extraordinary. Can't be captured, but jijajidopia pitraistilokyam. The unconquerable still can be conquered. Hmm? Because to know him is to love him. To know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. That is an old song that we'll invoke here to make our point. Hmm? Or it's the other way around. To love him is to know him, I guess. To love you is to... Anyway, so... And bhakti is comprehensive knowing. But when we say knowing him completely means knowing him in intimacy, knowing him in his own bewilderment, in the condition in which he does not know himself, in the condition in which he does not know that he's God. You can know him like that, and that is the most you can know about him. This is this is Madhuri Lila. Madhuri Lila means there is more knowing in the unknowing of the Madhuri Lila than the knowing of the Paramatma or uh, or Narayan, the omniscience of Narayan. You see, the more the God it has om, uh, on omniscience, the less he can do. Paramatma knows everything. He can't do anything. Hmm. He just sits there and watches everything. Hmm. Narayan is, has some movement. Hmm. Bhagavan Narayan, for Leela, of Aishvarya, majestic Leela. But his, his Leelas are not like Krishna's. Krishna's so moving so much that he, that he, doesn't, he can't sleep at night. So active, activated by bhakti, by the principle of bhakti, by the Swarup Shakti. And so, he, so the more, um, more the play, the less omniscience. Because as I said before, if we know everything, then it's it's boring. So then we have to you have to play, you have to make up something. Hmm? So that is the Krishna Leela. But he plays very well, so he's lost in the play. But that unknowing, if you will, hmm, is a higher knowing. Hmm? The quality of the knowing to know him on, on that plane, as he knows himself as the son of Yashoda. This is the this is the most knowing. Hmm? Because bhakti is the ultimate finality in, uh, in in knowledge, as the Gita says, manmanabhavamadbhakti. This is Rajavidya. Hmm? So anyway, in this chapter, Krishna is is speaking about the, these things as appropriately so. The end of the middle six chapters, the theology of the Gita, hmm? and in a very compelling way, he makes the case. So having done that, in general, described the goal of the jnanis, the path of the jnanis, the nature of the jnanis. Goal of the devotees, the, their nature, and now he's described their path, and he's described it in some detail. So he's told Arjun to be a devotee is better, but there are different kinds of devotees also. Hmm? So there are those who are who can do uh, uh, be absorbed internally. 
two types, then a third type who can go there sometimes and come back. Those who can't, and they need to keep busy. And then uh, after uh, internal types, external types, then those who, they're not quite devotees, but hmm, they can factor bhakti into their nishkam karma and come to bhakti. So, here he gives, anyway, we'll go over it. He gives a summary of that. He says, Shreyohi jnanam abhyasaj. So, Shreyohi, certainly a better than practice is knowledge. Hmm? By knowledge, he means here mananam, or to give it a yogic, um, it's contemplation. To give it a yoga, to speak of it in the yoga context of like Astanga yoga, um, dharana. Hmm? Better than practice is dharana. Hmm. Uh, practice was the third thing he mentioned. Dharana, dharana means, well, it means contemplation. Hmm? The contemplation that, that precedes um, real. Uh, fixation that that can be called meditation. Hmm? There is a you know in the yoga in Astanga yoga there there's of course this this um, progression. Hmm? Just as here Krishna speaking about bhakti, he's speaking about a progression. He says every every devotee is not the same. Every devotee is, has not the same eligibility to adopt um, all that bhakti constitutes, especially. Bhakti for Brajlila, which is arguably the subject here. Hmm? Because when he speaks about mananam, when he speaks about dhyan, when he speaks about dharna dhyan, hmm? or contemplation and meditation, hmm? other terms use mananam nidhyasanam, hmm? or this, um, here he's using the word gyan in this context. It's not gyan, the difference between body and soul type gyan. Gyan and smaranam. Hmm? Smaranam. This is central, as we said, to rag bhakti. Hmm? It is not central to vaidhi bhakti. You can do vaidhi bhakti and go to vaikuntha. Hmm? But if you want to go to the brajalila, then you have to, having attained liberation in bhav bhakti, you have to stay in this world hmm? and cultivate that bhav in a brajalila. Identity, Krishna. At that stage, you are free from karma. That comes out here in, in, this, in this verse. Also, that point. This is rati bhav. Krishna has to give you karma. He gives you somebody else's good karma, hmm. so you can stay in a world <laughs> and cultivate prem. Hmm. Karma means a body, and all these things. So, so, <clears throat> so anyway, this smaranam. To be able to be absorbed in smaranam, this is he's speaking about. This is the culture of bhava. Hmm? In 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 sadhana bhakti, the culture is sharanagati, surrender, shraddha, faith. These two correspond. Hmm? This culture, submission. In bhava, the preoccupation is longing, lolasa, lolasa mai. There's a beautiful song of Naratam. Gauranga bolite hobe pulakashari. Hori hori bolite nayane vabeni. Narottam is singing. When can I enter into the mood 
the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited in the Gambira. Gambira is the room that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed in. It was like six by eight, eight by eight by ten or something like that. Small stone room in Jagannath Puri. Gambira means deep, deep like the ocean. Small room, but what big things came out of there. Hmm? What a huge idea, what an what a all-accommodating idea could melt the world. And he melted hmm? to contemplate it and came out somehow underneath the door or something, they say, uh, and uh, only to find himself fallen in the ocean and retrieved by by the devotees and so forth. Uh, so this Gambira life, Nartham says, when can I enter into that? Of course, then he begins to teach us how to do that. Hmm? He says, first, you take note of Nityananda Prabhu. We're reading about him in the morning, Chaitanya Bhagavad. Take note of his position. Hmm? This is how Krishna Das went there. Hmm? Is who gave Vrindavan Das the commission to write his book. Krishna Das, the, the, the path to the... He said, you can go to Vrindavan with my recommendation. Then I just opened the door. Come right in. You came on Nityananda Prabhu's command. Come. Hmm? So, anyway, this is the last stage of Mahaprabhu's Leela. Mahaprabhu's Leela beginning... His preaching leela, his outreach leela, beginning in the house of Srivas Thakur. We've been studying about that nature of that house and what goes on there. Hmm. Uh, that in that place, not everybody could come in, but some pious people wanted to come in, knew they were unqualified. They sat on the bank of the Ganges with a with a desire to participate in that. Hmm. Mahaprabhu came out of Srivas for them. Hmm. and started his Nagar Sankirtan, hmm. going everywhere. And then, of course, the taking of sannyas, the traveling and teaching, Rup, Sanatan, Venkata, Bhatta, uh, Prakashananda, all these Sarvabhoma, big uh, luminaries, conversions, and, of course, then the the uh, the systematic teaching to Rup, Sanatan, that is the basis of our whole, whole lineage. So this, uh, and in that, Leela, he shows the way hmm? through preaching, outreach, through Nam Kirtan, and so forth. There will be a result, an internal result. It's not just how many books were distributed, how many buildings went up, hmm? how many people joined. Hmm? A long time ago, it seems a long time ago to me now, uh, I was uh, instrumental in. Uh, inspiring, being part of the inspiration of uh, the first book distribution marathon in ISKCON, which was a spontaneous affair around Christmas time. Hmm? We realized people were really in a good mood out there, and <laughs> they're really charitably disposed, and everybody's out there shopping, so we just stayed out longer hmm? and uh, came back with, you know, empty boxes of books, and so. Ramaswar and I, we said, we should just keep this going for a few days. So we did a three-day kind of spontaneous marathon. And we wrote, Ramaswar wrote to Prabhupada about it. You know, we sold so many books and this kind of thing. Prabhupada wrote back and, and I was mentioned. And, 
He's selling so many books and prophets. It's very nice that he's selling so many books. Make sure that he's always reading them. He wrote that in his own handwriting. So I got it up, you know, pretty quick there. <laughs> it's not just the number of books you sell. It's uh, where you are on the inner interior landscape. That's where you are. Anybody can make a claim that I'm Prabhupada's disciple. This is Prabhupada's mission. Well, no, <laughs> where you really are and what you have to offer is where you are within. Where are you in terms of asakti, ruchi, anishta, anishta, and your practice? That's where you are, where you are, and that's what you have to offer. <laughs> Nothing more. Hmm. Hmm. It doesn't matter. Like somebody said to me the other day, I mentioned, I was showing. You could stay here. You could have a lot here. You could put a cabin here. And somebody said, "Where, where, where are you going to be?" I said, it "Depends where your mind is. <laughs> if you want to be close to me, it depends where your mind is." So, um, inner life. This is this is the goal. Like I said, sadhana is for sadhya. The sadhya of sadhana bhakti is bhava bhakti. It's not how many how many numbers of times we chant or how many books we, we sell and so forth. Vaishnavism is maybe evaluated to some extent by the power of one to convert and to explain and, and, and to get the um, allegiance of uh, less evolved persons. That may be one standard of evaluating the position of a Vaishnav. But in that standard, there can be cheating also. Hmm? Another standard by which evaluation uh, can be made is how does one relate to the upper circle, hmm? higher Vaishnavas? Hmm? And they're difficult to cheat there. I mean, it's a good philosophy, so I could be a good reciter and so forth and turn people's heads and for a while get a following. If I don't change their hearts, though, they'll be, they won't stay on. But, but you could get amass some people and, and so forth. Um, but, then, but then how you will relate to the upper Vaishnava, that's another thing. One time some leaders of, the, of, of another mission uh, came to uh, the veranda of Pujapad Sridharmarsh and they said, um, there are some people in our mission who are coming to you and they're using you. Hmm? They're only really using you for their own purposes. And Chaitanya said, "Oh, so you've come to call me a fool? You've come to tell me I'm a fool? Hmm? I think I know what people come here for. I think I can tell their hearts." Hmm? He didn't appreciate it too much. <laughs> so it's harder to. Hmm? Uh, cheat on that side. Hmm? Shakti, the higher Vaishnava, they have some understanding. Hmm? What is our motive? We think, you don't know my heart. And we say, no, you don't know your heart. <laughs> and that is very common, actually. So, anyway, this um, um, inner life, this is what we're interested in. And um, so, he be- anyway, Krishna begins his description of devotees, that those who have inner life who can be fixed in meditation upon me, and this is again very central to the Ragmarg, hmm? that uh, w- what is uh, Bhava Bhakti? Bhava Bhakti involves a Siddha Deha. Hmm? Sadhana Bhakti involves a Sadaka Deha. If you want to get a Siddha Deha, you have to use your Sadaka Deha. 
completely. Hmm? When a sadhaka day is completely engaged, a siddha day will arise. People want a siddha day without engaging the sadhaka day. Huh? Hmm? This is backwards. Hmm? Now you get a what is a sadhaka day? A sadhaka day is the body we are given by our guru. We're a das or a dasi. You get a name. We get a body, and we get the opportunity to engage that body, which is made up of senses and a mind, in relation to sense objects and to wean it from its attachment to and preoccupation with sense objects for the purpose of the senses unto themselves or the mind unto itself, hmm? which is a purposeless, uh, ultimately, existence. And so the extent to which one sadhaka deha is absorbed in material sense objects and the extent in contrast, uh, the extent to which it's absorbed in spiritual sense objects determines the extent to which it's a sadhaka deha. Hmm? And the more it is truly a sadhaka deha, you've been given a sadhaka deha, so use it. Use it. Don't ask for a siddha deha. Use it. I already gave you something. I gave you a sadhaka deha. Use that. Hmm? Is that. Are you engaging that? Hmm? And then siddha deha will come by grace. So, so, Later stages of sadhana bhakti, something will come. Ruchi, asakti, but in bhava bhakti. So there's some overlap of longing that is characteristic of bhava and the, the, the surrender that is characteristic of, um, of uh, sadhana bhakti. Of course, the bhava bhakti is a surrendered soul and longing. And in sadhana bhakti, there's preoccupation with surrender, faith, submission, the... the, 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 the the uh, diksha mantras are all, in the dative cases, all for submission, saranagati, I give myself, swaha, like Radha has given fully, his, to Govinda, to Gopi Janabhalava, to um, Krishna. All these uh, uh, diksha mantras, all in the, in the dative case, all for saranagati. They reach their efficacy at the point of where sadhana turns into bhav. Hmm. And then nam hmm, takes us the rest of the distance. Nam and smarnam. Hmm. Nam, you have particular names you'll be attracted to, to chant those names and to remember Krishna in a particular way. Hmm. Particular qualities of Krishna hmm, relative to the type of relationship you have. There will be certain of the 64 qualities in Bhakti Rasamrita and there were the 84 qualities of in Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Sandarbha, hmm, uh, of Krishna. Certain qualities will be attractive to Sakiras, to Madhuryaras, to Vatsaliras. Hmm. So Guna, Guna Smarnam, hmm, Rupa Smarnam, Leela Smarnam, very specific. They're all uh, higher stages of Bhakti especially for bhava-bhakti. This is the culture. So this is where he began. Yes, Sarjun, just be a devotee. But then there are different kinds of devotees. Best to be a bhava-bhakta. Hmm? He speaks about rati. And he speaks about it, characterizes it by the mind is absorbed, dhyanam, hmm? and the intelligence is absorbed. This is mananam. This is dharna, as I said, contemplation. Hmm? Um, uh, supports meditation. Mananam leads to nidhyasanam, or dharna leads to dhyan. 
It must be so. In Bhakti, in Sthanga Yoga too, you can't just sit down and do samadhi. <laughs> so you can't just sit down and do meditation either. There has to be yama, niyama, asana, prata, prata, pranayama, pratyahara, dharana, then dhyana. Hmm? So it's very popular to do meditation, but dharana is not very popular. Hmm? Pratyahara, that's not popular at all. Pratyahara means to withdraw. This is like abhyas. Using the language here, abhyas, to practice withdrawing. Hmm? In nishta, one has to practice withdrawing. In asakti, you've come to the other end, hmm? and you're drawn to Krishna. That's what it means. Asakti, you're drawn to Krishna, and you have to practice being in the world and having a, those ordinary uh, discussions and so forth. Becomes painful. Suddenly, the discussion starts to go too far off course. It's, uh, it's painful. Hmm. So, in in, in Ishta, there is some um, pratyahara. With the yoga world today, it's not about this. Pratyahara is not very popular. Withdrawal from sense objects. It's more about finding really nice sense objects. <laughs> uh, largely enjoy. So. Uh, but we want to do meditation without pratyahara, without without dharana. Hmm? So similarly, there's adhikar within bhakti. General adhikar eligibility is faith. You have faith, come, get involved, and then you grow in eligibility. So he has said here. He's re- now re- remember. You're going over the past four verses. He's summarizing them. Better than mananam. Better than uh, contemplation or dharana. Hmm? Um, he says that, that he, um, excuse me, he says this dharna or this um, mananam, this uh, employing, fully absorbing the intelligence in me. Hmm? Intelligence, you, you see, intelligence is engaged in bhakti, in, in nishta. Before nishta, the intelligence is not very well engaged in bhakti. One may be busy in bhakti, hmm? but may be interrupted also because... The, the engagement is not that well supported by uh, spiritual intelligence tied to the scriptural argument and so forth. Hmm. Initiative intelligence is very operative, and in Ruchi, the intelligence is also operative, but in a different way. Taste is coming, hmm. and he or she intelligently cultures the taste that's coming. In Asakti, intelligence is really fading to the back of the heart, is too much coming coming forward and involve hmm, more so. So, he says here, in summary of what's just gone, gone down in the previous four verses, better than abhyas, it's a little complicated the way he says it, but better than abhyas. Abhyas here means pratyahar or withdrawal, that type of practice of meditation. If you're going to practice meditating, the practice of meditation will be the practice of withdrawing from things and trying to fix your mind. It's more of a practice of withdrawing than it is a positive. Dhyan is actually that, or, or smarnam, in the full sense of the term. And and Jiva Goswami Bhagavad of course, gives smarnam. What does he give? Dhyan. 
uh, Dhruvanu Smriti, he, he develops this idea. Samadhi and something beyond that too. So, it's a yoga. This is a bhakti yoga. So, he says, better than practice where one cannot be fully engaged in smarnam. The smarnam is a natural thing, ultimately. Therefore, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur said, Kirtana Prabhavi Smarana Swabhave. By the power and the force of Kirtan, Smarana Swabhav. Smarana will come on its on will come naturally. Hmm? That's one way of rendering. It will come naturally. Hmm? Not in a forced way. So he, he emphasized this way. Kirtan. And an extended idea of kirtan, which had involved your intelligence, how to explain the things, and so on and so forth. Um, so, dhyan here, smarnam, as it's as it's used, means effortlessly. Hmm? One is preoccupied with this. When one has to make effort, like sometimes I would go and speak with Prabhupada, and I could see visibly that he was had to bring himself down to address me and talk to me. I thought it was very compassionate of him to do that. Uh, where he was naturally preoccupied, he would bring himself down from there to to deal. What is that you're saying? So, um, he says, better than practice is dharana or contemplation. And then he says, "What jnana dhyanam vishishate. and but better than contemplation is dhyan meditation. So practice meditating. To practice, he's saying raganuga. He, he's saying ajata ruchi raganuga bhakti. Hmm? Better than that is jata ruchi jatarati." If you, you practicing the ideal of the Braj Lila without a taste, that's something. But better than that is to practice it with a taste. But to practice it without bhava, jatarati, hmm, is not as good as practicing it with, with bhava. Then, because what you can practice with bhava, all the ingredients can be in place. That means seva sadaka rupena siddha rupena chatrahi. Not only the sadaka day is involved, now the siddha day is involved. Hmm? Encultured. In, in Baba is a sadhya, but it's still there's some culture of the, of the sadhya that turns turns it into prem. So he says here that basically he's saying better than practice is the ability one one who has the ability to contemplate to live the contemplate contemplative life, and in the context of that. Better is the person who can actually be absorbed in smarnam, and why is that smarnam so in, in rati good? Because when this is, he says here, when this is done, dhyanat karma palatyagas chantim anantaram says because when one is, attains bhava, then the propensity to enjoy the fruits of one's action is completely destroyed. Now, there's a comparison here that's being made uh, for the wise. 
to understand, which brings us back to the beginning of the chapter. Hmm? He's saying, by by the culture of Raghunuga Bhakti, hmm, appropriately, according to where one is at, adopting what is what is appropriate for one's position. Hmm, uh, if you can't do, you can't practice meditation. He said, do do Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? Do hearing, chanting, keep busy, planning Tulsi, worship the deity, and so forth. And gradually you'll get um, eligibility for your internal life will come. And then you can start to pra- ca- practice that, cultivate that. Hmm? Then, it, then deep contemplation, then it comes smarnam and so forth. Hmm? This is the system. He said, and then, but if you can't even do that, then do Nishkam Karma Yoga. Bhagavad Arpita Nishkam Karma Yoga. It, work according to the uh, such a way that your actions are you're attached detached from the fruits and indeed you offer the fruits to Krishna. Mm-hmm. Some form of nishkam karma yoga. This is the karma, nishkam karma yoga that's recommended in the Gita, where bhakti is factored in. That will bring you to to uh, a life of just hearing, chanting, planning tulsi, uh, let's say building the temples, uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can live nearby or you can live at Saragrahi. That is your choice. <laughs> but it depends on your eligibility. And it's not a bank balance. Hmm? No. Anyway, so... So... <laughs> so... Radhamadali, inviting us, come come within. But you have to know your place with good guidance. Hmm? What is the, what, where you should focus your attention that you make all your progress, that's the best place to be. Hmm? Not to try to do something that you're not eligible for. That's very unbecoming. Hmm? So... What is the the, the, the the connection here he's making? It's very nice. He says, in, in the last verse, he said, well, if you can't do bhakti internally, and if you can't do it externally, because because you think, wash floors, sweep, pick weeds, uh, I, I, I've got a high birth, I've got a six-figure education uh, or income, I've got a, I'm a great uh, corporate manager that's beneath me to do those things. Hmm? Um, uh, this is what is uh, what, what was implied. Then, uh, then he says, "Well, okay, if you think like that, then then do the things that you think are important. Uh, you're you're such a big guy, and uh, and offer the fruits mm, to Krishna. And then you'll understand that those things are have no no standing, and just cleaning the floor is better for Krishna directly with love for him is is better than that. Mm? And the examples are there." Pratapurudra Maharaj, he, 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 how did he get how did he get Mahaprabhu's attention? Not by being a king, by, by, by becoming a sweeper, he got his attention. Amarish Maharaj was in charge of all the continents, and he was doing uh, 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 archan and cooking for Krishna and cleaning and all these things. Hmm. Hmm. I had one student, he wanted to be a manager. I said, why don't you just do DD Mishra? He said, that's not my thing. Okay, I got it. <laughs> that's not your thing. You want to be a manager. But we're not cultivating uh, uh, Brahma Bhava here. Mm. No. <laughs> that's not what we're doing. Mm. So you, you can't, that's what is implied. If you can't do these things, these simple things, because they're simple, patram, pushpam, palam, toyam, that's all. <laughs> and what do I get for it? More of the same. That's all. 
I got bigger ideas. I've got most something more to bring and contribute to the to, to the mission. That's, those people you got to watch out for. Hmm. A, they have to, have to, you know, they're difficult to deal with. They, they have so many, so many, so many abilities. Hmm. That, that it's all it's all counterfeit. That's the thing. These are all counterfeit money. You can't purchase any real estate in Golok with that. Huh? Only by sharanagati hmm. and crying. That's all. They're too big to cry. So, okay, then do the things that you think are important and give the fruits to Krishna, he said. Now, the idea in that is that you gradually become detached from those, from the fruits and from the activities themselves, and you'll get real wealth. You'll get the wealth of bhakti, which in due course will give you the wealth of prem. And and, and the wealth of prem, or bhav bhakti, hmm, that smarnam that he's recommending to be to enter into that, in in due course, this is so wealthy that so you are so rich there that the attachment to the fruits of one's activity, which one's on a lower end trying to give up, hmm, is so well accomplished. This is what he's saying here. It, it, by that smarnam is best because in that smarnam, when attaining bhava, the chance for being attached, attracted to the fruits of, of work or, or sense objects and so forth, there's no chance. There's no chance. And the, the interesting point that he's making here that's kind of unseen and unnoticed, I just noticed it, is that, is that the, the chapter begins, of course, by contrasting the question is what's better, gyan or bhakti? Hmm? Now, again, you also, the idea is to give up the fruit. You can't practice gyan without nishkam karma yoga. You can't just sit. You have to act in such a way. Your, your walk, your talk has to correspond with your sitting. So you have to walk in the world without attachment to the fruits and cultivate that. And as the heart becomes cleansed proportionately, then you can sit and meditate. And so you're accomplishing this freedom from attachment to the fruits of the world, uh, 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 objects of the senses and so forth, but it's tenuous hmm? by gyan. Hmm? We already described there's four types of gyanis. Two of them are not successful. They don't attain Brahman because they don't appreciate bhakti. Hmm? Two can attain. One can enter into sayuja with a little bhakti. Another can, by good association, move from gyan to prem, like Sukadev. These are the kind that are kumars that are class uh, showcased in, 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 in Bhagavatam. But the point is here that I'm making is that that in in bhakti, upon attaining rati, bhava, there's no chance whatsoever of being attracted to the senses. It's like if you wanted to say, I've got all this attachment, let me dig a hole. Just like up up top on the pasture there, we cleared all those pines, and now what to do with them? They're all on the edge, so I'm talking to, to Ken about what do we do with those? Well, we can dig a hole and put them in, and we can cover the hole, and they'll be, no one will see them, but something could come back up. So, okay, we'll dig a hole, we'll put it in, and we'll build a temple on top. This is Bhakti. <laughs> 
there's no chance. Raso Vajan Maso Piasya Param Dushdwa Nivartate. When he gets a taste, when he tastes rasa, then there's no chance for that. In Gyan, well, it's it's always a <laughs> you you there, there's a state restraining of the senses. They're holding they're holding them back. Shiva got angry at Cupid. You know, burned him. Cupid came, tried to distract Shiva in his meditation. Shiva got pissed off, hmm? looked at him, and burned him. So this is a Lila, the anger of Shiva that characterizes Gyanmarg here. Hmm? Some anger is there. Hmm? And of course, what happened? Cupid's body burned. Great, now he's invisible. It's even worse. <laughs> but by contrast, Rasalila, this is called Kambijai. It's another name for the Rasalila, Kambijai. Where Kam, Cupid, desire, is Bijai. Not only Jai, but Bijai, completely conquered. Hmm? Completely conquered. We've got the best defense is a good offense. This is the idea of Bhakti. To understand it uh, properly. How to engage with the world hmm? for the satisfaction of Krishna, for the pleasure of Krishna. Krishna priti vancha. That is one thing. Kamendriya priti. That's another thing. They look similar, but they're very different. Therefore, as we began, Vaishnavera kriyamudra bujai. Love of the senses looks like love of Krishna's senses. Hmm? But they're very different. The gopis look very vain. How they making sure they look very nice and so forth. But for what purpose? Hmm? Only for the pleasure of Krishna. Hmm? So he says here that this uh, Lila Smarnam that is, that is so central to um, um, Rag uh, Bhakti in the stage of Bhava in particular, that's what he's talking about. Hmm? Where it's natural and, and uh, spontaneous and so forth, this is a comprehensive means of overcoming attachment to the fruits of action or, or to sense gratification. It's completely, completely done away with. So this is the, this is the best thing, and the implication the, the, hidden in here is that Gyan can't do that. You know, you notice that he started talking about bhakti now. He doesn't say, as I said the other day, well, first you, best is smarnam, then is um, mananam, then practice, then vidi bhakti. And he says, well, if you can't do that, do this nishkam karma yoga. He doesn't say do gyan. It's not even, you know, it's not even recommended. This, this gyan marg, you see, the problem with gyan marg is that it, you, it, it, it's a cultivation of a sangskara, a sangskara that is not favorable for bhakti. It's, it's an ascending sangskar. Hmm? It's a self-asserting type of sangskar. It, it's, it's, it, it, bhakti is very the opposite. It's, it's, it's self-abnegation and dependence and so forth. Hmm? It's problematic. By the power of, a power of, of, by the power of good, good association, hmm? then it's possible that a, that a jnani can turn into a uh, bhakti, but it's you need more powerful association than to turn a, 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 a karmi into a, into a devotee. Hmm? 
Mm. He's got a song, particular sangskar for a spiritual path. Mm. Difficult. Mm. So there's a real bashing of the Gyanmarg really here, even though Krishna does admit, yes, if you worship Brahman, it's difficult and so forth, but you will attain me in due course. That means if you have some bhakti hmm, in your pursuit of Brahman, what does worship have to do with Gyanmarg? You use the word three times, paryupasate, upasate, in the first three verses. The worship, Arjuna uses it. Who's better? Those who worship the Brahman or who worship you? He says, those who worship me are better. They have transcendental faith. Gyanis have sattvic faith. But if they also worship me, then they can attain me in the form of Brahman, which is their ideal. Hmm? Which is what Arjuna said, the avyakta, the, uh, the unmanifest idea. So, anyway, Krishna summarized here this uh, clear uh, delineation of the fact that within the context of bhakti, there are different levels of eligibility. Hmm? So you can't just jump in and run there with your shoes on. You have to go gradually. Hmm? Good guidance. And be. And I could say to you, the most important thing is this. And ten years later, you, know, say, That's the, that, you don't want to do that at all. Hmm? Forget that. So we have to be prepared for that kind of instruction. Now you should do this. This is how the process of acceptance and elimination is how we make progress. Certain things may be very important to you. And then you read verse like, oh, this is important. Control your senses. This is an important one here. Yeah, vegetarian. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> Underline that verse. There are other verses too. They're also important. But as you become qualified, you see the importance of them, the value of them. So, if you make very clear this point, and then um, um, gradation of, I want to say, eligibility, and now he will go on in the concluding, what is it, um, eight verses, to speak about the accomplished devotee, who can do smart, this type of devotee, for the most part, all their different qualities and so forth. So, a beautiful chapter on the uh, on bhakti, its efficacy, and we'll, we'll go through those, those verses in classes to follow. Any question? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, not, I don't have a copy of your translation of the Bhagavad Gita, but uh, I guess I have to ask kind of that. This, is 12.12 only, practically only a, a synopsis of the previous four verses? It can be, and I've mentioned it in my commentary, it can be also seen as a synopsis of what's gone before in the Gita. Hmm? Because, because in Prabhupada's translation, it's, it doesn't, uh, 12, 12 doesn't really seem to uh, mm -hmm. just reflect the previous four verses. It seems like it's kind of different. It is a little different than we described it tonight, that's true. And Prabhupada followed uh, the lead of Balde Bidibhushan, to whom he offered his Gita um, commentary. Hmm? Um, in his... Uh, what do they call that? Dedication. Hmm? Um, so Baladev, uh, who was a student of Vishwana, sees it a little bit differently, um, this whole chapter a little bit different. I mean, he comes to the same conclusion, but he sees it a little differently. And he would see here, his, his rendering of this is a little bit more 
um, Prabhupada is more like that, and it speaks of Ishkam Karma Yoga with the fruits offered to Krishna as being better because it's easier hmm? and leads naturally to 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 bhakti of uh, bhakti, which leads to internal the possibility for having inner life and its cultivation and so forth. So, yeah, you can. You can look at Prabhupada and you can see how I've done it here. And I've mentioned Baladev's also, uh, more or less Prabhupada's um, way of looking at it. And that's beautiful that there are different ways of looking at it. This chapter is also thought to be a kind of overview of all that's gone before with regards to, to bhakti and the first six chapters, which are about the soul largely. Hmm? As I said, the first first about Twam, and then about Tat. And so this is kind of like putting that all together here. And then we'll go into knowledge, and largely knowledge that is relative to bhakti. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, we'll stop there. Simad Bhagavad Gita Kijai. Bodh Premanandi. Oh, Vanchakalpa.